Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. Association with Mags and Bags and the Kirkby Brand Productions. This is the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Clive, and I am brought. I am with this week's star of the Why We Watch Podcast, Ricky. How are you tonight, Ricky? Uh, doing well. Doing well. You look a little more bright and aware. In comparison to when I saw you earlier on the train, you look a little less smartly dressed in comparison to when I saw you on the train. Oh yeah, partly because I'm I'm wearing a pair of joggies and just a random flowery t-shirt. Yep, you look like Elias. That's not a good thing. Or Bray Wyatt back in the day. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So, uh, how does your how does your stardom meter feel at the moment with your appearance on Why We Watch? It was, it was really, really good. Um, we actually got through quite a lot. Of, uh, we got through it quite quickly, but um, conversation was was flowing. Um, and and I think the great thing about Darren is that he's quite similar to us, um, and just his like his wrestling outlook and when he got into wrestling and things that he enjoys, etc. So it was. It was such an easy conversation to have with him because it could have gone, it could have potentially gone the other way, you know. Because I've never actually spoke to Dan, just me and him before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it quite easily could have been quite awkward and, and not funny, and you know, just quite bland and boring. But it was, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was, I, I absolutely love sitting and talking to him. I'm looking forward to listening to it in due course. And if memory serves correct, a wee birdie has informed us that we will also be in another of Darren's podcasts released this week as well. Badlands tomorrow. Yep, on the Brainbuster Radio. So why we watch is on Visionaries Wrestling Network, and on Brainbuster Radio we've got the Badlands where we do Mount Rushmore's of various things. No spoilers for you. You'll just have to listen and check it out yourself. But there was some. Great nostalgic references made, and, and quite early on, me, me and Clive were were in absolute sync, and and there was a moment that we were both thoroughly proud of very early on in the podcast. Ah yes, 
we were more in sync than Justin Timberlake. That's it. So this week is a, a another big week for WWE. They've got the Clash of Champions pay-per-view on the network. If it actually comes on the network, I've had problems again this week. Still not able to catch 205 live yet, but hopefully I'll catch that soon. I am aware of what went down. I'm just to do a proper viewing of it. So if it is on the network, you've got that to look forward to. And we were going to do a, a different sort of preview for you this week and that we will discuss the upcoming pay-per-view in the form of answering listener questions uh, where Ricky asked people on Twitter for some questions for the show and we will get to them over the course of the evening. First of all, there was an incident that happened before uh, before New Japan Royal Quest. It was in RevPro. This was something that had taken your interest on Twitter, Ricky, at the weekend there. Basically, it was Aussie Open versus Josh Bodum and Shah Samuels. The winner of the match would get a shot at the attack the British New Japan tag titles mm. at Royal Quest the next night. And although Aussie Open were apparently supposed to win the match, the referee counted did the three count five minutes too early and it was seemingly a botched job um, slash screw job what happened next Shah Samuels improvised and scoop slammed the referee and afterwards cut a promo saying it was a stitch up while this was going on I believe Josh Bodden was outside giving the referee a kicking and from the footage she would be led to believe it was a genuine kicking the from what I've seen Simon Cassidy, the ICW ring announcer, shared his comments that he had with RevPro's ring announcer where the referee was fine with it. They chatted after the show and had a laugh about it. Took down the ring after the match. Everything was all hunky-dory. They spent some time together the next day, Shah Samuels and the ref, until a few days later, where instead of going private with his uh, injuries, the referee, Aaron something, decided to just go onto Twitter and... Damage, not damage, state some facts basically that he has sustained some bad neck and shoulder injuries and he's had to retire from refereeing both football and wrestling. So what were your thoughts on the whole thing? Because it caused quite the stir over the weekend. Um, first and foremost, um, the referee is supposed to count to three no matter what. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's clear that up. Um, me, it's more I want to defend Shah Samuels more than anything. But we love him on Twitter, we love him at ICW, um, Kinky Party, everything about the guy we absolutely adore. Um, so I, I saw the footage of him slamming the ref, and I know people will be like, well, he's you still shouldn't have done it, etc. I understand that, but it was legit, like, the softest landing you could have had, like, Samuels took absolute care of him. It wasn't even like a full on proper slam. Like he picked him up, and you could see, and he was taking him down, and kind of like dropped him from like a couple of inches from the floor. It was, it was a kind of thing you might want to do to like one of your kids. You know, like you wouldn't like kind of throw them full on. So you're just kind of playing around with your kids, and as you jump, like you know, like you're taking genuine care because. You know, you could seriously hurt them. So if you're just dummy wrestling around with your kids, you don't take it too far, obviously. And it was kind of the same there. He took absolute perfect care of him. Um, 
to the point that Genuel looked like he was like playing around with a, an infant, you know, um, <laughs> like just in the way he treated him. So in in following him and Twitter and following sort of his career and and seeing his stuff in ICW and just seeing how people talk about him, I, I felt that was kind of unfair on him. Um, I think he he even says it was like it was a it was a bad judgment call. And I think his thinking behind it was perfect. I thought it was great. It was like um, I done it to a ref, like you say, to make it look like it was a stitch up. So it made sense in that, what he was doing, but what took place outside the ring was fucking terrible. Like, those look like some, especially the knee to the kind of face area, like, there was just, like, absolutely no need for that whatsoever. Um, and I know a lot of people are saying, well, why didn't anyone stop it? Because for all you know, it could have been, like, a work based on what Shah Samuel's promo was. So, yeah, just absolute, not, not, it was horrible to see, um, but... I'm glad it's not Shah Samuels who's ruling the receiving end of things because he genuinely seemed upset about it and was and, and done what he'd done for like a genuine like storyline kayfabe kind of reason. Uh-huh. Shah Samuels did come out and apologise in a heartfelt manner. It wasn't yep. one of those um, heartless apologies. It did seem sorry for what had happened and it was one of those situations that got out of hand quickly. Josh Bodden, I've not... I don't really follow RevPro, so I'm not really aware of Shah Samuel's work in that promotion. So, Josh Bodum, I don't have a clue who he is. But from what he did at the weekend, that's just bang out of order. Shah Samuel's shouldn't have done what he did, but he has admitted that himself. And RevPro have subsequently stripped them both of the tag team titles. Shah has been given a zero tolerance warning, so any other... Uh, any more shenanigans and that's him out the door while, while Josh Bodham has just been told to go. Sounds like the right call all round. I will... I'd, if the guy is injured, which I've got no reason to not believe, then fair enough. But I do call the referee's behaviour into question because from what we've read, he was all pally with him and he said, apparently he said after the show, I understand why it was done, all is well and good. And for him to then go onto Twitter instead of privately talking to Shah and Josh and say, "Listen, I'm in a bad way here. Turns out I didn't. Turns out what happened at the weekend was bad for me. And can we can we deal with this like men and just get on with it privately? But he took it to Twitter instead. So there's this. Mm, then he put up a this. PayPal account number for himself so he can get some money because he's loss of earnings. Yeah, like, I think his thinking was it was time, it's fine, like, I'm not seriously hurt, but then, obviously, his injuries came to light um, a few days later. But I think, by him posting on Twitter, maybe he wants he wants people to be held accountable, maybe, and to show that, well, you can't just start hitting the referees, etc, etc, but at, at the same time, and it's not just wrestling, it's just society that nowadays... We have this this thirst to get likes and, and retweets and we have this like thirst to to kind of like live our life on social media. Mm-hmm. Like even it's just it's just stupid things like people turn around and say, Wow, like yeah, I remember someone tweeting the rock saying you can't even tweet out us in support of Roman or, or people saying well you don't even tweet out happy birthday people and it's like that's a fucking thing called a phone and having someone's number and texting someone. Uh-huh. 
that's like me me and you having a full-blown conversation with likes on rants on twitter we'll, we'll engage on twitter but mainly 99% of all our communication with rants kyle carl rob even for me with caleb etc or anybody else jeremy anyone else on social suplex it's done on like the phone it's not on twitter and there's this, privately there's this craze going on at the moment that people are looking for follows from john cena he won't be following us I think we've got him blocked don't we aye we do actually but do you think he's going to sit and scroll through your timeline specifically no really he's not got the time for that it's just (laughs) the the craving for acceptance on social media people people do live vicariously through their phones now and I think he could have handled it better if he is injured fine sorry to hear that but handle it privately instead of bad-mouthing the guys online without even their knowledge until well after the fact. So it could have been handled better by both parties, I would say. And the one thing I would say is that Sharp put his hands up like a man and admitted when he was wrong. It, take, it takes a big man to do stuff like that to admit when you're wrong because a lot of us don't want to do that. See, that's the thing because Sharp has had a fantastic year um, he's been getting more exposure as the year has went on. He was on NXT UK as well. Mm-hmm. He, it's not in his, it's not in his interests to damage his career. He wouldn't have done that. So he's admitted he's admitted fault, and he wants to make people understand that he is sorry, and it was just a bad judgment call. He's not Josh Bodum on the other hand. That was just comes across an absolute arsehole. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Not much to say about it apart from sorry to all involved and I'm just let's move on. Hopefully Sha Samuel's career isn't as isn't damaged from it. I don't think it will be, we shall see though. No, I don't think so either. So there was another thing that had happened and this was actually one of the questions that we got. You want me to bring this in? Yeah, why not? Because we both went away of it. <laughs> Yep, this was news. Uh, Dan Coffin on Twitter asked us, as part of the questions for Class of Champions, what do you think of the King of the Ring finals being moved to Monday instead of the Sunday pay-per-view? And my initial reaction was, pardon? What, what's going on here? I did, was it ever announced officially that the final would be at Class of Champions? First and foremost, was that made official before? I want to say yes, and based on what Dan says, I, I think that nah, I think it was. I just can't cast my mind back, but I'm almost certain it was. Um, like for me, it's it's twofold, right? First, it's the whole advertising it for Clash of Champions. Like, I, I, like it happens all the time. They do, they advertise things, and then it doesn't. They don't follow through with it. Plans change. That so in that sense, I'm okay. Only if it main events raw. I don't want to see this on the top of the first hour or the second hour because to me, then it was like, but why the fuck did you not put it on Clash of Champions then? Mm-hmm. Um. So as as the main event of Raw a bigger platform than say the second or third match on Clash of Champions. I'd probably say yes because that's now two weeks. Chad Gable closes SmackDown and then closes Raw. That's huge. Um, Only if, like I said, only if this closes Raw, then I'll be like, do you know what? It's probably the right call. 
But if it doesn't close raw, then I'll be like, what, what, what is the point? I think they've put themselves, WWE have put themselves in a corner with this one because this was all leading up to, as you would expect, not even, even if it wasn't told to you. I mean, okay, sometimes you should not expect things out the gate, but I mean, this was written on the wall that the final would be at Clash of Champions. And it just so happens that this pay-per-view is themed and that all the titles are on the line. So they've had to put all the title matches together. Some of them have had some no build and some of them I could care less about. Uh, cough, cough, Ms. Nakamura, cough. But the So from that side of things, I can see why they've moved it. And I can see that there has been this thing going on in the background with WWE recently where something happens at the end of a TV, like even the go-home show, that isn't dealt with at the pay-per-view. For instance, the last pay-per-view we had, we didn't have any Roman Reigns matches. What was the last pay-per-view again? SummerSlam. SummerSlam. But uh, before SummerSlam ended, it was was it was that not the reveal of who did, but, but, did Buddy Murphy not say it was Rowan that did the attack? Can't remember now either. Because <laughs> there was something that it was because the pre-show Rowan attacked Buddy Murphy in his match with That's Apollo right. Cruz. So. They're doing things. Oh, that's right, yep. They're doing things on TV that carry over um, certain amount of months because Roman went two two pay per views in a row without actually wrestling. They've got things going on, so I can understand. And you've got this thing going on with Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Kevin Owens has been fired. He was. He's going to be on NXT. Yes, most likely next week, especially after his um, code. So. I'm fine with that. I think it's quite cool that they've got stories that don't always get don't get resolved in pay per views because it's not it's not exactly that they're separate things. It's just that they've got so much going on, but it shows that they have enough stories for many of the roster. I was really looking forward to seeing the King of the Ring final at a pay per view, and with a hot crowd like a pay per view crowd. We all know what's going to happen at the end of that match. Corbin will turn a tilt tower will take down into a end of days, just like their NXT respect match, the tag team Dusty Classic Finals match or whatever it was. And that that was excellent, that sequence like that is arguably the greatest end of days we've seen. Oh yes. Um Apart from the one to Becky. Uh, <laughs> just imagine <laughs> if Chad Gable wins it. I think that'd be fucking awesome. I'm almost here to see the, the meltdown when Baron Corbin wins it. Thing is, though, I feel like a lot of people are not. They've not really done a 180, but I think his he's put on some good matches in his King of the Ring. They were. He and was I, know, chance. I know people are going to. Sorry. He was being chanted for on Monday night. And I, and I know people are going to be like, "Well, it's a caliber caliber of his opponents, etc." And that, that may be true. But he's still been involved in some good matches. Now, in saying that, it's not like I'm not advocating that he should win the King of the Ring. I don't. I just feel like maybe if this happened, say, four or five months ago, then I feel like the reaction would a lot would have been a little more angrier. Yeah, um, vitriolic. Yep. But I feel like some people, a lot, a number of people, are kind of he's actually put on a good performance recently. But I'm not. I'm not here to see it. I, I want to see Chad Gable in it. Oh yes, of course. 
Uh, I would much rather see Chad Gable win it. And if it does mean it's been isolated on Monday night instead of the pay-per-view, honestly, my first reaction was just pure rage. I thought, why? Like, I really... I'm trying my best not to demand so much of WWE of late, but I really, really wanted that, and I was really pissed off that they hadn't done it. (laughs) Like I say, if it doesn't close Raw, then I'm the same. Because, see, to me... Maybe it's just because it's recency bias, but this has put this has had some fantastic matches, and you've had a lot of fresh talent in these as well, putting on some good matches. Chad Gable's went all the way, obviously. Ricochet's put in a great performance after great performances, um, good one-off matches with the likes of Ali and Murphy, um, Almas and Chad Gable. I know they're very recent, but they're just the ones off the top of my head. So there's been some great matches over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. So it felt as if it was coming to a, a climax at Clash of Champions, and which is now not going to be the case. So it just feels a wee bit flat for me now. And it's a shame because I think this has been an excellent King of the Ring. It would be one of those ones if there was an option to have it on the network where you could set up a playlist of all those matches. I think that mm-hmm. would be some good viewing. A good, right, good tournament viewing, but even Corbin in the final didn't put me off it because I thought I'm thinking we're going to get that excellent um, end of days for the win and stuff like that. But just odd, odd stuff. Yeah, where 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 it where it's placed on Raw will be the kind of deal, but not the deal breaker, but it will kind of how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So with class of champions in mind we've got some more listeners questions and Ricky if, if you would do the honours of chiming in with them we can answer them if they as they tie into class of champions and that will help us preview the show right, well first things first Nakamura Miz don't care neither of us care no um, which is kind of sad in a sense right but anyway that's what I'm going to say on that match yeah. don't really care for it <laughs> Not get much to we'll say move. about AJ and Cedric. Uh, it's all been put together very quickly. I think it will be a fine match, though. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be a really good match. Cedric's one um, of those guys who's had a good few, good couple of months under his belt. So fair play to him for getting onto a pay per view. And can't believe I'm saying this, but I think he'll help carry AJ to a, a good match. I just think there's something lacking with AJ recently and I think Cedric's got that burst of speed and energy that will bring AJ to the to the dance. Perhaps. I think it'll be a really good match. Uh, I'm actually, I don't expect AJ to lose, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, should be a, a, a right fun match, I think. Uh, could potentially open the show, I think, as well, this match. Right. Um, well, we'll just... So, Got a question from Rob. I don't know if you've saw it. I've seen a couple of them. Now, I'll keep this one for the end, right? I'll keep Rob's for the end because I want to tie that because I have an idea how I'm going to answer it and I'll let you chime in. So we'll, we'll, we'll start off with, we've got a couple of questions related to the Cruiserweight match. So we've got the triple threat match. Um, first one comes from Murray. It says, Clive, your thoughts on Kushida on 205 Live and also the crowd? So I'll let you decide for that. And then Rance also asks, is the Cruiserweight Championship match a triple threat? Yes, it is. And if so, is Humberto kicking Callisto out of the Lucha Booties? Oh, Rance, I'm a 
partially disappointed for a, a couple of reasons there, but we'll get to you in a in a minute, sir. Um, Murray, Kashida on 205 Live, I thought it was a matter of time. It seems to be one of those acquisitions for NXT that hasn't been skyrocketed to the top, like a couple of the other new signees, Matt Riddle, for instance. Um, he was even over in ICW recently for their Shogs House party, so... Him on 205, there's been quite a few people from NXT on 205 the last few months, so it doesn't come as a surprise, and although I don't hold much stock with wrestling news sites, he was spotted alongside Jordan Miles, and I believe he was spotted in Times Square or something during the day, so I thought, I bet you will get Kushida as Jack Gallagher's mystery partner. It makes sense, he's under 205, Um that's why it makes sense it's one of those ones I can't comment as much because I've not seen it and he's decent he's not I've, I've still not seen the, the buzz about him though that people seem to have about him like when he was brought over from New Japan I've still not seen it I don't know what the big deal about him is yet decent Um, if he's on more often you'll, you'll I'd be fine with that you'll see it if you don't see it now you'll see it Hopefully. I, I like to be proven wrong. As for the chance, something about some guy holding up a baby during the show and people ch- chanting, hey, we see the baby or something. I'm, I've been watching 205 almost every week since it started and I'm used to fans not caring or chanting for something else, so I'm not surprised in the slightest and it's one of those bizarre occurrences that happen. It could happen in any match where there's just something so random in the crowd that everyone joins in with the frivolities. But there there were reports of when they, you had one, two, three, three Hispanic wrestlers in the six-man tag that closed the show of Taco Tuesday, then, then you've got a bit of a problem there. And... That's just bang out of order. Just complete disrespect, blatant racism, uh, and those guys are having to listen to that. It's not. The, it's not the South, so it doesn't even. It's, it's very, very sad to hear it. Basically, shocking stuff. Okay, okay. What about Rancy's question? Well, I, um. I th- see, his questions threw me because I thought he was up to date with it and he asked if it was a triple threat when that was confirmed last week that it would be a triple threat and the whole story going on with Humberto Carrillo and the Lucha House Party is that Kalisto doesn't have any beef with Carrillo Carrillo is all is, it's Lindsay Dorado that's got a beef with Carrillo so it's Dorado that's going to implode the Lucha House Party so, Rance, if you were asking in jest, if it's just basically because you hate Kalisto that much, I can understand you asking that question because alongside Natalia, he's your least favourite. And if you want him out of the lucha booties, then I'm, I'll support that cause to the very end, <laughs> basically. But uh, if anyone hasn't been watching, then Lindsay Dorado has been excellent in the last couple of months. Excellent promos with completely unbroken English, no... No hesitation there at all. Like, perfect English. Um, and he's got this attitude in the ring now that's just, oh, where did that come from? He's the least botchiest out of all three Lucha House Party members. Just 
he's put in a hell of a shift the last couple of months and I think this is actually deserved for him to be in the, the title match at Clash of Champs. Um, next matchup we've got is <coughs> the Usos versus the Revival. Um, what was the question again? Sorry, there was no question. It was just just uh, we'll move on to the SmackDown tag team match. All oh, right, right. All oh, right. I sorry, mean, the Revival, I'm confused. Revival could have been in the Raw tag team match. If I'm honest with you. Well, this was before. Like this is this seems to surprise you that this match was a thing on the, the train earlier. But this match has been booked for a good long while. Revival in New Day, and it was booked even before the tag team gauntlet match a few weeks ago to crown the number one contenders to face Seth and Braun. So I don't know why they were involved in that at all. They could have done more to build against the New Day. Granted, I will hold my hands up and say I've not got much of a clue what happened on this week's TV. <laughs> so there might have yeah, been I mean, something. You could have just have them win it on the Raw Gauntlet match and then been like, fuck it, we'll put arguably the best tag team in two tag team matches that show and then you get them. And then imagine if they somehow win both or even if they didn't, if they win one, you know, how much they brag about that. They could. And I think they could be bragging because... I think they've got a chance of beating the New Day. It, there's um, a general feeling and a mood in the air that there might not be as much gold on the New Day come the end of the night. That is, I've enjoyed the New Day versus um, Revival and uh, Randy Orton. Uh, I like seeing Randy Orton and, and Revival as a team are kind of like those, like, they look kind of like a throwback to the, to the 80s. Just the kind of way they handle themselves, present themselves, etc. Especially when you see Revival in the, in the white trousers and these beautiful silk shirts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot yeah, all about I, that, actually. Sorry? I actually forgot that there'd been this whole thing going on with FTRKO. But now that yeah, you're... I don't know why. I remember this, but somehow I don't remember the tag title match we've been, but for some reason I don't. Well, I think we're just all over the place right now. Yeah. Um, Memory's short, sorry, ladies and gents. Yeah, we, we lead stressful lives. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this match. I think it'll be good. I think, and we'll, and we'll tie it into the to the next match. Um, since we touched on Orton and Kofi, I'm not in the against that the New Day will lose all the titles. If anyone's going to lose the titles from the New Day, it's going to be in this tag team match. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to actually go. I'm going to go New Day to retain. Um, and to move on to kind of our next question tying in with the Kofi match it comes from Rance if Orton wins what's next for Kofi first of all I don't think Orton is winning no I don't see it I still don't see it I know we've got Fox coming up and you might want a more recognisable face in Randy Orton but the is he's beating all the odds I think it's going to come from a lesser threat or it's going to come from Brock Lesnar but that is sometimes the case where Kofi's beating a lot of the big guys he's beating Daniel Bryan um, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton already I wouldn't say Daniel um, Dolph Ziggler's a, a sort of super threat Did you mean Samoa Joe? Sorry, Samoa Joe as well I would consider him more of a threat than 
No, I wouldn't actually consider in his track no, it's record. No, Oh, I'm not with it tonight, guys. I've not got a clue you what know, I'm talking um, about. I, you know what I love about this match is I like the kind of references they keep making back to stuff that's happened in the past with Orton and Orton and Kofi and Orton's promos like talking about well if you were before you were jumping about with that fake um, Jamaican accent now you're jumping about with this fake kind of happiness or whatever um, and then comes out Kofi comes out of the crowd and Orton attacks him with a chair and then you can hear Orton shouting stupid and stuff and they're like I kind of like that we've touched on stuff like that in the past um, that they're going into the history that these two have got uh, I expect Kofi to win um, I think this will be the kind of end of the feud I would imagine um, but to play to play to Rancy's question what next for Kofi if Orton does win probably a rematch and then after that I could probably see Kofi maybe moving back down uh-huh. um, the card to more of a maybe we could see the implosion of the new day maybe not for that but could it happen perhaps but I don't think it will happen I think I have to say though it's a, a stroke of genius from all involved or if it was just a very very happy accident that they were in Madison Square Garden the the last show before the pay per view to reenact the table spot for Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton Mm-hmm. Like, like how 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 the hell did that all work out? The stars must have aligned for that date to be picked, for Orton to be involved, and then oh by the way, the last SmackDown before Clash of Champions were in the Garden again. So, hats off, that was excellent. What a, what a way to build to that match. Yeah, the build to this match has been excellent. I I wasn't I wasn't too happy with the with the outcome at the SummerSlam because it was just a rehash of Joe and AJ from a couple of years ago. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, um, I expect Kofi to win. Um, I'd be quite surprised if it doesn't, to be honest. Because like I say, Kofi either drops the title to Brock or he loses it at WrestleMania. Oh, Brock. Brock, Brock, Brock. Yeah. Um, moving on, we've got, we touched on the Raw Tag Team slightly, so we got a question from Murray, says it's for Ricky. Your thoughts on the Raw Tag Title match between being between two thrown together tag teams hate it <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't Dolph Ziggler and, and Robert Roode like that's just two random ass parents right there that's just that's crazy I've um, got no issues with random ass parents because look what we got with the bar but for them to be injected right into the the title yeah, shot that's the just issue. bonkers that's the issue, because at least with the bar, they had like that best of seven, and then like how they were constantly battering one another, and then they realised how they were kind of forced together at one point, and then they realised that, oh wait, we've actually got one common, and we've got a chemistry together where we can kind of be a threat, and then they went through the ranks. Um, I don't know, man, just get fucking Dolph Ziggler off the screen. This guy gets featured far too much from Ali, you can... It's not even that, it's formulaic in that he disappears around Christmas time, has a random Royal Rumble appearance, disappears again, then comes back as a surprise and then gets flung into the deep end with all the, the main eventers. Like, go away. I like Dolph. I've always liked Dolph. But Dolph isn't that big of a star where he can get that kind of treatment. No, I wouldn't say so. 
like not even close to it in my mind. And I like him a lot as well. I like him, but it's just because I liked, of, liked, I would say. It just feels like a rehash of his stuff with Seth Rollins last year. And while that was alright, they're just doing it again, and I think, oh, why? So yeah, Murray, not a fan of it, but I expect Dolphin and Bobby Roode to win. Well, no that's doubt. the thing, this is more so about Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, and I'm sure they will implode during this match. Yep, yep. Um, so we shall move on. Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch. No question about this, but we'll need to talk about it. Well. Well, you've got two women that you do not like at all well, in this match. Well, I am buzzing for this match. Because you want to see Becky get drop the title? No, I'm, I am in Becky's corner all the way, my good sir. Yes. I know. I'm the opposite. Well, let me tell you. This just goes to show that people like who they like and they hate who they hate and it's all about favouritism. It's not it's not about anything else. And I've been vocal with Becky Lynch for some time and I've not not been a massive fan of what she's been saying. But I hope I hope I don't see it happening, but I hope Becky destroys Sasha. <laughs> Yeah, that ain't happening. You know how this match is playing out? One of two ways. You either get Sasha winning or Sasha win the rematch and you'll get Shayna Ember Moon kind of mm-hmm. their first match. Yeah. See something like that happening. It would be unbelievable, in my mind, unbelievably foolish not to put the title on Sasha either on Sunday or in the very next pay-per-view as long as you get kind of some sort of I don't, I don't I'm don't, i not asking for it but if you get some sort of weird kind of finish like the Ember um, Shayna Baszler finish was fine because Shayna had on the choke and then Ember turns into the pin but Shayna didn't yeah. let go if something like that would happen that's fine and then you just have Sasha beat her down after the match and then Sasha wins a rematch but you can't go out having Becky winning it clean. Like, what the fuck did you even bring? What was the point in bringing Sasha back? Why would you elevate her so so highly, so quickly, just for her to, to lose the title yep. match at the very first opportunity? Take a page out of Kaylee Ray's book with that one. Um, coming in strong. But, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's what's going to happen. But, see when you get, see, see Bailey's heel turn. I can get on board with that because she's doing that thing where she's still acting the same way she always has, a wee bit like when Sami Zayn turned healer last um, two years ago. And I totally understand where she's coming from. She's she's battling for Sasha Banks and she was always with her, she was always on her side and it makes sense completely. So what she's saying can, is convincing and for me... A heel is someone who, even if they're speaking something that's just wild lies, they believe it. And from what we have been led to believe, Sasha Banks took her ball and went home um, because of the whole she didn't feel valued and all that stuff. And I was expecting and demanding of her to bring her A-game. Well, at Royal Rumble, she lost clean and went away crying up the aisle 
Becky went away and lost clean at Royal Rumble, but she came out during the Royal Rumble to make sure she got a title shot again. Sasha didn't do that. At the, was it Elimination Chamber? It was, where Sasha and Bailey were, they won the tag titles, and Sasha was genuinely crying tears of joy because she'd worked so hard for those titles and she'd pestered Vince McMahon backstage to she'd pestered Vincent Man backstage to get these tag titles and it meant so much to them that they ended up doing a tour of full sale saying we can't wait to defend these wherever we go only for them to lose at Wrestlemania and Becky to main event and then Sasha comes back and says I I was pissed off and left because Becky was in the main event and I was battling for the tag team titles that I didn't care about you liar Sasha and not all blame can be laid at your feet for this one because whoever told you to say that was that was a bad decision because that was an awful promo. That promo she cut when she came back, that was one of the worst promos I've seen in a long time. Her delivery was dreadful, but the message was even worse. So I maybe I'm just buying into the whole kayfabe thing, but I am not on Sasha's side with this one at all, and I hope Becky destroys her. <laughs> Because she's come back you, and she's not showed her A-game, basically, is what I'm trying to say. Her A-game in what? On the ring? In the ring or on the mic? I've not seen enough of her matches to comment, so that would be unfair, but that that promo was, ooh, nasty. Right, but then she came out the following week and she cut a classic-type Sasha Banks promo. Damage was done for me. Like her that's reason, insane. her that's reason for the damage has been done, and Roman's never cut a decent promo after the whole John Cena stuff. Ah, uh, but Roman didn't go away because he thought he was undervalued. Did Sasha go away because she was undervalued? Well, why else would she go away? Maybe they, maybe it was a storyline. Maybe she was hurt. Maybe they had nothing for her. I don't believe. Fucking Dave Meltzer. I don't listen to Meltzer or the shit that comes out when I talk to other people. Just because I don't like Sasha and I might have a gripe or whatever I want, I want them to come across it a dick doesn't mean I'm going to believe that shit that people report. See, something about it tells me a work. Tell me it's a work because this Sunday is it after Class of Champions? They've got one of those. I don't know if it's Chronicle or Twenty Four, and it's like a Sasha Banks documentary, which tells me she will be. They'll be following, it's like a, a month in the life of Sasha Banks leading up to the pay-per-view. So, I think, what's going on there? I, but, I don't, it's just, sorry. I think the bottom line is when people say you took your bomb at home, I think the bottom line is, is it's people react to different things differently and people handle it differently. Me, personally, I'd like to think if I'm ever in a situation where I feel like that or when it comes to being undervalued, etc., I will, I'll handle it and I'll hand it in a kind of classy way, a.k.a. the kind of way Dean Ambrose done it, because he was kind of, he realised, I'm up in five months, I can get the fuck out of here, I don't need to start bitching and moaning, I'll just deal with the shit and go. But it's slightly different when you've got so many years left on your contract. Um, Like Alan Neville, for instance, who sat at home for nine months doing fucking nothing but collecting paychecks, and that's all good, you know? You're not busting your ass and hurting yourself, just keep collecting money. Um, I'm not going to sit and suddenly start believing that Sasha took her ball and went home when I don't believe 99% of the reports that come out and don't get me wrong like I'm not going to shit on Meltzer or anything like that I, a lot of the things that he says 
or what reports turned out to be kind of truthful. Or not kind of, a lot of them are true. Like, bear in mind, remember, he said more than a year advance, or oh, by the way, WrestleMania, I can't whatever WrestleMania it was again, Roman and Brock are main eventing. It was it was before Roman and Taker took place, and look what happens. So I'm not going to turn around and show him like he does have inside information and, and calls things right. What I hear about Meltzer, he has this fucking platform, and he manipulates people into thinking what he's thinking, and there's a clear bias. And he does so, get things wrong because he said that Vince doesn't have any plans for Shane McMahon when he was actually exactly, in jury duty. Shit wrong. And then he backstrapped and goes, oh, the rich guys don't get jury duty. You're like, shut the fuck up, just made, say you were wrong. See, he made, he made an absolute fool of himself with that. Yeah, he did. But like I said, I'm not... Like, let's just say Sasha did. Sasha did take her ball and go home. Well, she didn't feel valued and she handled it the way she did. I would, like I said, people do it differently. I think... If Becky's at her best and Sasha's at her best, Becky's been the worst horseman at the forum for all of the best. Simple as that in my mind. Oh, the match itself is going to be great. I know that. The match is, but I mean, I mean, like in terms of, like, it's Charlotte, then it's Sasha, then it's Bailey, and then it's fucking Becky. I and would I know maybe... Becky's been. Over, accept it, blah blah blah. I get it. That's would, just the way I've always perceived them. I would maybe um, put Becky above Bailey. In terms of being over, yes, but in terms of wrestling ability, fuck no. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Right. Okay. I'll I'll take I'll I'll take back the the dirt sheet chat. Even with what but, Sasha but, said, but, 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 but I understand what she combines is. That doesn't tie in at no, all with what happened exactly, at Royal exactly, Rumble. Exactly, exactly. She was chamber. you could see it, she was genuinely so emotional. So that was an own goal. Chamber. Whether it was her or not, WWE mucked up by telling her to say, by oh, the way, this is like that was that was bad. It was it was fucking terrible. But I think bottom line is you either have to go the Ember Bailey finish or some kind of scrappy dodgy finish. Or Sasha wins. Otherwise, what the fuck did you even bring her back for? Oh, do you know like, what? Why the hell is she then? Why is she in the main event then? I wouldn't mind like, them in Hell in a Cell next month. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, it just can't be Becky wins absolute clean. It just can't because then, like, why do you want a rematch? No, I, well, I personally don't think Becky's going to win anyway. I think Sasha will win. I'm in two minds. I think they could go the Ember Bailey, uh, Ember Cena type finish, and then Sasha wins it at the next pay per view. Mm. But uh, taking away the the reason for the heel turn, which is just complete bullshit for me, the the atmosphere, the chance. I've been critical of the rest, both wrestlers involved in terms of their wrestling. But I know they've got it in them, and I'm sure, and I'm hoping that adrenaline will drive them on. It doesn't even need to be a clinic; it needs to be a brawl for me, and I'm happy with let, those two having me, a brawl. Let me ask you this, then, right? Does the heel and face dynamic of Sasha Banks greatly affect her wrestling? And what I mean by that is, we have never saw. Heel Sasha on Raw, apart from that initial 
period it should come up. So, her being the heel, she, she wrestles slightly different. She might not do certain things. No, she's scrappy. She was a face. So, maybe now you'll get to see the Sasha that we that we saw at the, at the beginning of our call-up, but especially in NXT. Because this is... Like, she's just just a sensational heel. Like, the cockiness, the boss, the attitude, the way she handles herself, the way she runs other people down. And, and this, is what we, this is what we've wanted on the main roster uh-huh. for so long. And I'm, I'm sick telling people that the... The Becky Sasha match from NXT Unstoppable was criminally underrated as well. <laughs> so I've got no issues with the quality of the match, even if it becomes a brawl and it's just a scrappy affair. I'm fine with that. It's just I really hope Becky wins. I can't see it happening though. See, I've never, and we've never been on board with Becky, and I just genuinely don't think there's anything that's going to make me root for Becky, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And that isn't because I wanted to go against the grain. It's just I've never been interested in her. Ah, that's fine. What about the other women's match? We'll tie into that with a question we've got. All oh, right. So, Mister Morris asks, "That's Brands, not Zach." Do you think <laughs> Bailey's "I'm not a heel"? Do you think Bailey's "quote unquote" "I'm not a heel" heel turn is working, and does she need the title for it to work? Yeah, I think. Is it I think we kind of answered that a wee bit. Well, I did. The I would say is working well. There's there's just this smug. She's always had this smug look on her face that might not have been intentional before. There's just maybe it's just the way her face rests, but it seems to suit her as a heel. We have breaking news. Oh, John Cena has officially followed them off. <laughs> really. <laughs> in the space of six minutes she has 575 likes she's so happy <laughs> uh, for anyone who doesn't know Session Moth Martina has been desperate for a follow from John Cena forever and he's finally like she's uglily obsessed with him like I was actually thinking last week or so right you need to stop it because you're going to get done for stalking here he said never give up he said never give up and I didn't I guess it's officially true at John Cena at John Cena hashtag fancies Bertina (laughs) 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 anyway sorry yeah so Bailey's heel turn oh we're getting a lot of oh for god's sake what Right, we've got some more questions in. I'm just looking at Twitter here. Um, oh, for God's sake, we've got more questions. No, <laughs> that's not what I mean. Um, so we've got some clarification on a future question from Simon Cotton. Uh, we'll look into that. Another question from Muzza and ICW. I'm sad. I'm disappointed in you. Sammy, Sammy Callahan will make his debut at Fear and Loathing. Saturday, 2nd November. Guy's an arsehole. He is. Why have dealings with him? Ah, oh well. 
properly deflated. Anyway, so we were talking <laughs> right, about Bailey's heel turn. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I like it. It's different. Let's not rush it. As you said, she's not really changed too much. Um, and that kind of works to make people boo her a little bit more. Um, it was like... I remember Jericho, when he once came back, he... <laughs> He just ran around the ring shouting, yes, yes, like celebrating. And the first couple of times, people were cheering, they were so happy. And then he kept doing it. And then people eventually started booing. And he says, that was intentional. Like, I didn't change anything whatsoever. Mm-hmm. They just started booing it. And that was the whole idea to get them to boo that because they thought they would. And that's just fucking genius. But that, um, that... I like it. Um, sorry. And then. The second half of Rancic's question is, is asks, um, does it need a title for it to work? As long as she continues kind of being Sasha's, I don't want to say sidekick, but being there for Sasha and vice versa. Because I said it last week, I think, um, and I, I need to give, I give credit to Rance, I'll give credit to Rance again. It is a storyline you can easily take out to WrestleMania. Where Sasha is the one that's poisoned Bailey, and Bailey's doing everything for her before Bailey eventually starts to see the light, and then there's your WrestleMania match with Sasha and Bailey. You could easily take the storyline out to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and what you could easily have is potentially have Sasha have the title the entire time, and then Bailey ultimately beats her for the title at WrestleMania. Yep, I think maybe I think I think it will work with Bailey being the title holder for a while because she's still a fighting champion. She's still fighting wrestling matches. Um, she's said herself she's not changed. She's just aligned with Sasha Banks, and it's quite—it's amazing just how refreshing it is when someone decides to align with someone else, isn't it? Mm-hmm. We had Sir Sam on. This was a while ago when we were talking about. This was leading up to Super Showdown, but he had just brought out a column about the there's no face and heel anymore. It's just there's no black and white. It's just shades of grey, and I think that's what we've got with Bailey here. Like she's still got the it's kind of similar a wee bit to Johnny Gargano when he was doing the the heel turn in the fall autumn season of last year. Mm-hmm. Like he was being a bad man. He was doing some horrible things to the likes of. Alistair Black, but he was still cheering on with the kids. Like he was, yeah, it was weird. It was it was a an odd dynamic. So there's just this off. It was almost like he was confused as to what he was. Aye, it was good. I really good story I, I really liked that part of Johnny Gargano's time in NXT. That was some good stuff. With Bailey, it's it's equally refreshing. She's got the fans, the young kids still cheering her name. She's still got the. Wacky, wavy, inflatable, waving arm tube guys. Mm-hmm. But she's just siding with a bad guy, a bad woman. I think it's excellent. I enjoyed her heel turn a lot more than Becky's, um, Sasha's. Mm. Yeah, so I would just say dig out Rancy's tweets. Rance, if you want to pin that tweet, if you can for me, please. <laughs> um, I do it, do as Ricky asks us what it sounds like here. It's just I asked him nicely. 
Um, right, so we'll move on to the only match, I think it is, isn't it? The only non-title match on the card. Yes. Roman versus Rowan. Um, so Murray asked, what do you do with Rowan, Rowan after his food with Roman? Don't really give a fuck because it's all about Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at some point. Aye, see, Rowan's, it's not finished. It's That's a, that's questions popped up twice tonight. Where we'll see what happens after something like Ranted asked what happens with Kofi afterwards, what happens with Rowan Rowan mm-hmm. afterwards. People don't want to admit it, but there's been some long quote and here we go. Mm. You said you weren't gonna do this earlier on the train. Uh, long term booking. Long term storylines and they're still continuing, so I don't think Rowan's gonna be finished with Roman Reigns, even if Roman Reigns oh. wins. Uh, his tale is still to be told Daniel Bryan's tale is still to be told and by the way that's not started uh, exactly, by the way before last week had Rowan uttered a single word on his time on TV in the 4-5 years if he did you could probably count it in one or two hands Uh and my word that guy can cut a promo I learned from the greatest Man on the mic in the business right now. MJF. <laughs> oh fuck! I wasn't even being sarcastic there. I think he's brilliant. Yes. Did you see him? Fucking uh, nobody Wyatt. I I know, but. MJF was in that picture with the disabled kid, and he was giving him the middle finger. Did you see that oh, one? I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. That's some heat. Off your bastard. I know. It's <laughs> terrible. Bastard, it's shocking. Um, <laughs> he tweeted out something about some guy saying something like, My dad works, my, my, my father supports my family with his wage at Applebee's, his manager's wage at Apple, Applebee's. And he replies saying, Your father is like a loser. You're automatically going to be a loser or something. And it's just like, Oh my days. And it was a DM. Oh, it's fucking hell! Like, fantastic. <laughs> fucking hell! <laughs> I would actually quite like to get him over onto WWE. To be- <laughs> oh, he just doesn't care. That's excellent. No, I absolutely love it. Aye, that's like, no, no filler, no PG, no nothing. It's like, well, fuck it. If you don't like it, you don't like it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but anyway, Rowan has been. Very comfortable, very convincing, very um, noticeable on the mic, and that's just been a couple of segments. Shocked, I was like genuinely shocked last week. He held his own this week with the brawl, power bombing a, a planted fan into the security guards and stuff. That was a great fun brawl last night on SmackDown. And it's a no DQ on Sunday. <sighs> that news filled me with such joy. So it did. <laughs> It's gonna. It's just gonna be a brawl just between two big heavyweights. What I look year, forward to it. What a year Rowan is having. He's been. Uh huh. But I just mean, like he was the wonky wheel on the the Wyatt cart. Like yep, definitely. Just definitely. a complete afterthought for years. And then he's been alongside Daniel Bryan and he's become just this overnight success to the point well, where... Quite well. 
I may be overblowing it, but I've been blown away by what he's done the last couple of weeks, and I'm very much looking forward to the match. Uh, you're fucking glowing, so you're. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can, you can, you can, if, if only you could see his face. Aye, uh, top notch, love him. Right, so moving on. We move on. Sorry, Alcott, Murray asked one final question. He says, for Clive again, thoughts on the rumours from Ryan Satin? He's also a wank. About 205 Live slowly going to NXT in the Cruiserweight belt becoming a secondary title in NXT. It's something I have been predicting. Maybe not vocally or publicly, but I can see it happening, especially with NXT going to two hours. Um, I think 205 of they've struggled with the losses of Ali, Alexander and Murphy they're in a good groove right now, there's been some good storytelling going on, Lorcan's been a sensation, finally so it's going well, but with the Friday night move I just, I can't see it lasting much longer, I really can't in the cur- at least in the current format that it is so while I don't believe the rumour per se, I wouldn't be surprised at all if it happened and if the cruiserweight belt does come to full sale Full time, good. It will be it will be in front of a an appreciative crowd. Put it that way. Yep, yep. Ah, uh, right. So moving on to the final match. Have we really Roman, covered all the other matches? I think so. Covered both tag matches. Oh, sorry, we haven't. We've got the women's tag title match as well. Yes, that's right. That shows how much we've been paying attention. No, well, that's the final match we have to touch on now. Well, second last match. Any Uh, thoughts on it? uh, Sorry, but I've not got a clue what's going on with this rivalry, so... (laughs) No. None. Yeah, I don't care about either. I mean, Nikki Cross, she's getting a lot of pay-per-view time just now. Excellent, happy about that. It's a tag team that's working well. The women's tag team titles are actually being d- defended regularly now and showcased more than just the comedy skits with the Iconics. I think it was never defended under them. I know, I know. Um, I think Ty Dillinger probably saw those tag belts more than WWE fans. Fucking blocked us on Twitter. Oh, I know. You need to tell everyone. Hey, I'll tell them in a second. But to touch on this match, I want Sonya Deville to be a singles. Yes. See, wrestler. it's not. It's not even that. I think Mandy Rose has come on very well with her wrestling. She has, but Sonya Deville. I think she's. Great. I think she's been really good for a long time. Mm-hmm. I really want to see her. I'm not asking for like a big, massive push or anything. I'm just asking her to be featured as a singles wrestler. You know, and, and some decent feuds. Or if they're just going to be, if it's going to be tag team feuds, then fair enough. Just keep them, mm-hmm. keep them prominent. I think they're both like Mandy Rose is really good wrestling. Not really good. I'll take that back. She's very competent. Um, yep. And Sonya Deville has never looked out of place. So I think, I think it's the right move if they're going to. It seems to be that they're moving in the right direction with more competition. In regards yep. to the tag titles, so yeah, like as long as they've been because they couldn't be featured any less than they were under Iconics. Mm-hmm. Um, but yep, Sonia Deville, I think she would be 
she would benefit greatly from a singles run. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Right. So, leads us to our last match. Seth Rollins, who has only recently discovered that he has some other siblings. Yes. It's a long-lost brother. It's kind of <laughs> awesome. Oh, in fact, did you want to hear the, the tag damage of Sean Spears? <laughs> story why we get blocked. I go for it. Tell, tell the, the listeners. So, with Cody Rhodes being announced as the one that's going to challenge Chris Jericho at full gear, I think, um, based on his unbelievable win-loss record, right? Me being me, just trying to antagonise people and just being arse about it, I thought it was a good opportunity. So I tweeted out saying, Cody Rhodes beating Sean Spears and using that to validate, using that victory to validate a title shot was like Alabama beating Appalachian State and using that win to validate a position in the college playoff. So for our non-American listeners, right, money, that basically is Celtic beating East Fife and wanting a parade for the streets of Glasgow. And Darren, that is like Manchester City beating Burnley and wanting a street a parade through the city's city of Manchester. Why did you pick Burnley? That's not fair. Uh, well, I just joking, Darren, messing with you. It's like Man City beating Fleetwood Town, and then all of a sudden that's plastered all over the back papers and they're Lord Man City is the greatest team ever. Or you could say it's like Burnley defeating Newcastle and expecting a, pari- a street parade. Oh, now you just came <laughs> after Raw for no reason. Um. <laughs> So yeah, and like I said, I was just being a dick, kind of enjoyed it, but at the same time, there was a bit of, like, actual, I was being serious, um, and then I didn't even, I, I didn't even include them in the tweet, because we don't follow either of them, and then he clearly vanity searched and blocked us within, like, an hour or so. <sighs> Fucking little bitch. He's never, again, my exposure to him and under his AEW time has been minimal but from what I've seen this guy's a bit of a, a kitty cat ah, he's, a, he's a little bitch that's what I just said mm-hmm. yeah that's probably anyway. all right I mean we block people all the time but we're not oh, that's we do block people all the time uh, so... our, our list is fantastic mm-hmm I'm trying Good to... Lord, in 23 minutes, she has one and a half thousand likes. <laughs> Who? Oh. Session Moth? Aye, the Moth. Anyway, final match of the night. Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. Oh. I'm excited. Be interesting. Be interesting. Um, let me see if they'll lose the tag titles earlier on in the evening. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, one of them, well, probably, I don't, I don't know if it would, if one of them kind of leave the other one high and dry. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what Jason Jordan did to Seth Rollins at the Royal Rumble? Yes, well, I mean, that wasn't intentional. <laughs> well, was that not, well, nah, no, he buggered off, did he not? Oh, was that not the one where he was sat outside the ring the entire time? I because he was injured, they made a story that he was injured, <laughs> and he didn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> yeah, that made a lot of sense. I have not been on fire tonight. You know what I mean, though. Jason Jordan, man. Oh, what a tragedy! Oh, it was. Um, yeah, so I would, or one of them kind of attacked the other one post match just to kind of like hurt them a little, or you know, um, 
I expect Seth to win. And I'm going to... We've got one question here. We've got two left, but this is the final, second last question. It's come from Mr. Rob Ropes. Rob asks, what's your wildest prediction for the show? Now, this isn't a wild prediction, but the show ends with Seth Rollins on his back and your next WWE Universal Champion holding a title in his arms. Bray Wyatt. That's how Clash of Champions will end. I told you to go for a nap earlier on because you were looking tired. Not on the podcast. I've lost. I've lost the love for the fiend stuff. How? I just don't care anymore. It's because you don't like Bray Wyatt. You never have. That's why. That is possibly a big part of it. However, I was a big fan of the Firefly Funhouse thing. I have. I am intrigued with the eleven nineteen coded message that happened. The don't, I thought the Finn Balor match was a bit shit. Oh, the Finn, it served a purpose. It served a the purpose. purpose was I thought to, he had to kill someone basically on his first official match. The the mandible claw adoption. But you could say the same thing about all KO and the stunner. There's the stunner, and then there's sticking your thumb, your fingers in someone's mouth. Yeah, I know which one I'd like to win the receiving end of, but the fucking stunner. Uh, it's just a bit of a. What do you mean? The mandible claw can legit kill you? Only if there's a stinky sock on it. Not at all. So if I ram my fist into your mouth and you start gagging and choking. Well, you try it and see what happens. There'll be a, a T bone <laughs> suplex coming your way, pal. Right, so that's my prediction and how the pay per view closes. It's not exactly wild, um, <clears throat> but that's how I think it ends. And also, kind of same like Sasha. So the Fiend goes on to challenge whoever wins the title. She needs to fucking win it. Yeah. Otherwise, why on earth have we been watching all these vignettes and these promos from Bray for the last like four months or so for what uh-huh. I, I agree um, my wild prediction it's not so wild but I think Sasha will leave as your raw women's champion something completely out of the box let's go for a Randy Orton win okay. Kevin Owens invades he doesn't because there's nothing, no match for him to invade as such as yet that's true alright Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch both lose their titles ok um, so that wraps up the actual the match itself but we've got one final question from Simon Cotton <clears throat> Simon asks how this card compares to the others and the others you're referring to as the other class of champions well we poo pooed a few of the matches the IC title US title a wee bit but see overall I think that's a pretty strong 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 card how many class of champions have been 
just as a third one. Yep. And just a, a sort of history lesson. I've got twenty sixteen up, right? A twenty seven. Right, I've also got twenty sixteen up as well. Right, I'll go I'm back. I'm looking at twenty seventeen. Right, well I'm in twenty seventeen and this was when AJ Styles tentatively retained against Jinder Mahal in December. Uh, you had the Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn thing going on where they had to beat Randy Orton and Nakamura to ensure they, didn't, they weren't fired. The Bludgeon Brothers destroyed Fandango, Charlotte Flair, Natalia submission match, uh, uh, lumberjack match, sorry. I have no recollection of that whatsoever. Um, what match? Becky, no sorry, Natalia and Charlotte Flair in a lumberjack match. Really? Look at that, look at the second match on the card. 2017? Read that out loud. 2017? Yes. <laughs> Dolph Ziggler <laughs> defeated Baron Corbin and Bobby Roode for the US chat. Yeah, read the first match out loud. <laughs> Mojo Rollie's that right? So we agreed 2017 was pretty fucking shit, right? But look at 2016, no. Right, 2017 was dreadful. That was a. Uh, hold on till I find it. So. To, and half answer to your question, Simon, it's bloody brilliant compared to 2017, 2016, though. You had the Iron Woman match, am I right? And what, 2016? Mm-hmm. Um, no, it was a triple threat match. Oh, sorry. Ashton Bailey and Charlotte. The Iron Woman was roadblock. Look at the last, like five matches on this card Cesaro, Sheamus right and that epic best of seven they had going oh, on that's, uh, you'll need yes. to bring it up because it's not working on my phone just now so Cesaro, Sheamus in their uh, final match the best of seven excellent match Chris, Jer- Chris Jericho and Sami Zayn Charlotte, Sasha and Bailey for a, in a triple threat for the Raw title which was very Roman, very good yep Roman versus Rusev for the United States title and Keo and Seth Rollins. They put on a few cracking matches. Their Hell in a Cell match was excellent. Because you had Nia Jackson, Alicia Fox, whatever you had. And it, even look at the, the tag title match you had. The New Day versus um, versus uh, Gallows and Anderson, which again only lasted for about six minutes. So the first like two matches, but uh, I think. This Clash of Champions 2019 is more stacked. I think the overall better matches on it. On paper, it's excellent. Uh, yep. Um, and going from standards of this year's pay-per-views, I think we're in for a treat. But those five matches that I just named are pretty, pretty good. They were pretty good. 2017 um, was a bit of a dud. Oh, very much so. I think if you look at Seth and Braun I think that'll be good I think people are sleeping on that one you've got the two raw, the two women title match you've got Usos sorry you've got Revival and New Day yep. um, AJ Cedric Roman and Rowan yep just yeah I would I, yeah just put the I W think, upside down and you've got them I think for overall I think the card depth for this year is a lot stronger than not a lot but certainly stronger than the 2016 one because I think there's probably only there's two matches on this card that I don't think are going to be that great 
Nakamura and Miz and that Raw women's tag title match. Oh. Miz. But I'm not even, I don't even know if the, the men's Raw tag title match is going to be that great. I'm more so just intrigued to see how the end plays out. Does someone turn on the other one? Does someone attack? Does someone just leave? Yeah. Kind of thing. How that'll feed into the main event. Uh-huh. So there is, there is a, not a, a need, but a, a desire to see what happens. Yeah, certainly the last few minutes of that match, I would say. Because very regularly when someone's got double duty, their first match influences their second match. Yeah. That was a good question, though. Like, I thought... Initially, I thought 2016 was not, like, was going to be like, a clear-cut winner, but no. Now you kind of, like, say, you've run through this year's card and you realise just how deep that actually is. I'm excited. Should be good. Yep. Same, I'm rolling forward to it. Any more questions, or is that us? That's the last question. Still raging at Sammy Callahan. I know, Murray, I'm sorry, I don't like it either. I just had to like a tweet because, you know, we're friends and all that. I mean, I get it. I don't, he's a, I'm just ignoring you. He's a pretty big name. I can understand that. But he's just, he's a bit of a cancer for the business, in my opinion. Fear and loathing night one. Wait, it's over two nights? Mm-hmm. Oh, Last that? year's was No, this has been announced since April or something. Oh, right. I've just missed it. Right, so, uh, Ricky, by the way, you transitioned from different tweets of question, questions from different tweets, merged it well with matches that we didn't have tweets about. Your transitioning was top-notch. This new job that you've got at your work is doing wonders for your cognitive skills. Well done. In all, in all I wouldn't necessarily say it's my new job. Um, well, you were looking dapper on the train for a change today. For a change? You heard. <laughs> That's usually the way I've been looking for the last three months. And saying this before, because I would just kind of go to work the way I felt like going, but now I'm actually in charge. So I've got a, a team of staff. You I think eat- I actually need to look a bit more presentable yeah. than you- just walking about with my jeans and stuff. He even goes to the lengths now of putting one of those fancy wee paper clips on his tie. That's how committed he is to his... Paper clips on his tie. A tie clip. Well, you, you could use whenever, it for a paper clip. Uh, so, a bit of fashion advice for people. Whenever you're wearing a tie, you must always have a tie clip on. Always. It just completes the look. And if you're going to a wedding or some sort of big function and you're wearing a suit, the pocket square is also a must. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cufflinks are optional. I don't wear cufflinks. Anyway. But you wear a paper clip? I wear a tie clip. Um, tie clips I have, are optional. I have, I have five different tie clips. I've got a gold one and then I've got silver ones that are all different sizes. Or you could just do what I do and have some... A wee mustard stain on your tie, or a, an HP sauce stain. <laughs> right. Just knocking yourself down for no reason whatsoever. At least I don't wear a paper clip on my tie. Quiz time. If the people, if the people want, right, I will tweet out my outfit every single day next week. But what? only if the people want it. 
what unlike when people don't want it and you do it anyway. What on my own personal Facebook? Aye. Aye, that's mine. This is a joint account. It is. Again, my presence on Twitter's been dreadful this week, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> right, quiz time. Indeed. It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Okay, so in an attempt to salvage the disaster that was last week, we have a quiz that contains. I kind of messed it up. But we've got 11 questions for some reason. Okay. Question in this, in this week's theme is relating to the monumental moment we're about to witness on Sunday. It is the four horsewomen are all in title matches. And this week's, this week's theme is the horsewomen. Okay. So here we go. Question number one. Charlotte defeated who in her first ever televised NXT match? Emma? It's incorrect. Give you another guess. Aaliyah? (laughs) Give you another guess. I need you to get this right. Right, okay, Sasha? Nope. I will. What's the answer? Just, just keep guessing. No. Starts with a B. Bergenhagen. What? Becky Lynch. One word. Oh, for God's sake. Bebeto. <laughs> Bailey. Bailey. Ah, that's right. Okay. That was a... Uh, right, so... That should have been obvious, really. Yes. So, the question was about who? Shout out to Bebeto. Right, yeah, yeah, legendary Brazilian strike, actually. Right, the question was about who, sorry? Charlotte. And the answer was who? Bailey. Therein lies your clue in terms of the rest of the quiz. Oh, God. Have you understood what the clue, have you got the clue, have you got the gist of what, what I'm looking at now, what the answers and stuff are going to be? Yeah, I've got the answers here, I'm ready. You texted me them earlier. The answers to all these horsewomen questions are all going to be a member of the horsewomen. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Right. Just had to try and spell out for you because you never got it anyway. I know, I'm Charlotte not... attacked who? And thus joining the BFFs. So she joined the BFFs to be with Sasha. So, Becky? Bailey. <laughs> Poor Bailey. Mm. Question number three. Who defeated Charlotte Flair to win the NXT Women's title? Sasha. Correct. Question number four. In, in, the, in the eight women tournament, to decide the title to to decide who was the NXT Women's Champion in 2014 
Who beat Bailey in the first round? Charlotte. Sasha. <sighs> in 2015. That's crazy they've been on the roster, like the main roster for less than like three years or so. Anyway, in, in 2015, Bailey defeated who to become the number one contender? Charlotte? Becky. You sure? Becky, yes. <laughs> In the Iron Woman match with <clears throat> Sasha versus Bailey's, what was the final score? Sasha and Bailey? Yes, the NXT one. It was 3 2 to Bailey. Correct. In October Bret. I'll be Tom McGee. How does that sound? That's fine. 
So this has been the Brett and Tom Wrestling Show on the Social Suplex Podcast Network where you can find other podcasts such as One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, Get In The Ring, Danny's Chop Shop and All Things Elite. Um, If you go to the podcast app of your choice, give us a five-star review to help us claim the charts and work the algorithms in our favour. SocialSuplex.com has those podcasts and the columns uh, and you can get them sent directly to your email inbox by pressing the subscribe button. There's a Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group where you can keep in touch with all of our personalities and uh, listeners. Uh, Social Suplex is a promo code you can use to go onto powerslam.tv on your computer. It doesn't work on the phone apparently, so head over to the laptop to do that. Social Suplex promo code and you'll get over 4,000 hours of independent wrestling for a month free, uh, for a month free from around the world. And there have been sales on at Pro Wrestling Tees. I've got a sale every now and again, but check out the Pro Wrestling Tees Social Suplex page and get yourself a Social Suplex t-shirt. Don't forget that Ricky is on Why We Watch on the Visionaries Wrestling Podcast this week and we are both on the Badlands podcast on the Brain Buster Radio. We are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and that's us for this week. Ricky, have you got anything you want to add? Um, No, hopefully we get the, the, the quiz episodes up, the two semi-finals. We've got plans. Just, we've got plans. We've got plans for the first half, first one of them. So hopefully we'll get them up. Um, yeah, no, that's it. You done. You done the plugging quite well. I did actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've been as. Con- no, that was, I've, sorry, been, you I've been as convincing as a Sasha Banks promo tonight. Uh, just that first one. Yep. No, but well, folks, thanks for listening to us. <laughs> Thank you, and enjoy Class of Champions. Um, it's going to be a great show. It, is. it really is. I can tell you that right now. Throw all your preconceived notions out the window and just enjoy yourselves. And um, we'll be back next week where we'll be going head to head with NXT. Aye, how dare they? Paul Levesque doesn't want this. Paul Levesque doesn't want the smoke not at all Sean Spears didn't want it Cody Rhodes and AEW they won't want it either but so many people are just trying to come in and take over spot do you think see when Sean Spears and Peyton Royce have an argument Sean Spears just acts like a kid and does the silent treatment stuff ah without a doubt like fingers in the ears saying nah 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 I can't hear you he's a he's a child Mm mhm He's a child in a child's body. <laughs> Is that your joke for the week? It can be if you want it to be. That was excellent. Have you got a joke? No. You need to, because I don't want you to retire in this spot of this segment. Yes, you do. No, like, as much as I say I do, but it's still, like, it's, it means as much as a quiz does to the show. I have not got anything, though. No, I really don't. Oh, well. Uh, Hopefully next week. Let me think. Hold on. <laughs> nah. Well, you might like this one. Um, 
Shane McMahon was he was became, <laughs> <laughs> go on he was known to take some Indian takeaway into these when he was doing the jury duty stuff mm-hmm. chicken puree duty <laughs> terrible well that's your fault I didn't want to say it no it's fine well next week we'll come back with with a vengeance from, with, a, with a better joke we'll come back with Clash of Champions not vengeance sir <laughs> fuck's sake that's a Caleb level of joke right there Caleb's a mark uh, for us well for me he's just a mark sure it was Caleb <laughs> now we're just waffling take care guys good yep. night Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time.